0: WNBC, here we are. Hi, I've been a publicity
1: NBC. shill before, so right. <laughs> fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, we are, are we here. Live? We... I thought we were doing the live. It's I not know. live.
0: This is recorded. But okay. We just like to ape Bill Riley when we kick this off. Okay. Or Bill O'Reilly. Remember that whole "we'll do it live" thing? You seen that where he like lost his shit off camera? He's... No, no. Oh man, it's amazing. It's like a viral meme thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> He's just getting mad about the copy they wrote or something. He's just like, fuck it,
1: fuck it, we'll, we'll do it, do it live. <laughs> <laughs> is so, he the Fox News guy?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Good. He deserves We're doing everything. it ironically. Yes. yes,
0: we lampoon him <laughs> a little
1: bit. <laughs> Good. Um, we're here I with never know, I don't Metcalf. know with you guys. It's hard to tell. Have it we started?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: How about you introduce yourself? Uh, <laughs> I don't okay.
0: want to... Uh, we're like, is it insulting if you're like, you might know him as Niedermeyer from Animal <laughs> House or... The maestro, the maestro from maestro. Seinfeld, like those are the pop culture references, but you know, right, it's like yeah. that diminishes you to some degree because you've done so fucking much more than that, right. you know.
1: Well, yeah, I, yeah, I've done fi- uh, fi- uh, fi- what is it? What what year are we in? Two thousand twenty-one. Fifty right. years of making my living as an actor. So I've done. A Damn, one. That's amazing. A lot of theater. Yeah, you guys twice as twice as old as you guys are. Um, eh.
0: We're older than you think, but <laughs> okay. yeah, we took a while to get going. We had some Bukowski years in there before we started making shit. <laughs>
1: OK.
0: I don't mean the productive um, writing side of because you're, you're just very
1: immature. <laughs> like drinking. And, right. In the space. <laughs> oh, <a> <laughs> Um. So introduced, my name is Mark Metcalf. And uh, yes, I, I was Douglas C. Niedermeyer, Sergeant at Arms in the film Animal House, which many people have seen and survived. And so I, I played the, the pop really? culture references are worth it. And, Sein, and the maestro in Seinfeld a character that uh, dated Elaine, took her to my villa in Tuscany. And uh, don't ask, if, there's, if you're thinking of going to Tuscany, there's nothing there. And uh, the master in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a friend yes. of mine once said my bio should be, the title of my biography or autobiography, which should be from the maestro to the master. Mm, yes. Uh, not, that, what am I, I'm not, a, I'm a master of none or a master of nothing, but anyway... Uh, but lots and lots of plays uh you're in wisconsin correct are most of your viewership in wisconsin
0: no i think most of our viewership is through our la screenwriting connections yeah. um, and oh, our okay. mom is probably the main component of our viewership
1: who's your mom do i know your mom
0: <laughs> no but uh she, oh, she's, oh, the, oh, one a, she's the one person we know watches yes over. she's
1: Hi, mom. One, one of our two <laughs> patreon patrons Oh that, well, that's nice that you have, <laughs> that your mom likes what you're doing. My mom, well, I guess, my mom actually kind of did sort of like it that I was in the theater, but she was very uh, closeted about her feelings because my dad didn't like it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oftentimes, especially at the beginning, they're not fans, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> this my is what dad. You're
2: do with your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, aren't you? when I I stopped acting in 1979, right, 78, I guess, right after Animal House. Uh, right after I made Animal House and produced a movie uh, called Chilly Scenes of Winter from a book by Ann Beattie starring John Hurd and Mary Beth Hurt and Peter nice. Rieger. And I was in it also. And a re- really good movie. Some critic in L.A. called it uh, one of the 10 best of the decade. In that, when, it came out, when it came out as Head Over Heels in 1979, then we got it uh, back and we changed it end and we brought it out again as Chilly Scenes of Winter in 1981. But anyway, how did I get started on that? I was about—I was going to tell a You're story. Just, I got that's what happens here, man. <laughs> I got this, completely distracted. This thing oh, gets like that. Oh, when when I when I was a producer, I had to wear a suit sometimes, and mm. I had to go to meetings, and uh, my father liked that. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I had to stick the dick in my mouth uh, as a producer. I, I couldn't just drool on it um <laughs> but uh dad was so proud of that dad was that's dad was very proud of that, yeah, the boy. that dick in my mouth? that's my son that's my boy the only other thing he was ever expressed any pride in was the twisted sister video and really? i don't believe yes. he ever i don't believe he You're ever not
2: gonna take it, it. Right? <laughs> and weren't you in two i read the other um what was the other one that, anyway, go anyway oh ahead. yeah oh
1: I Want a Rock. Yes. Want a Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic, man. That is the 80s right there. Well, um, in a lot of ways. But my father never saw it, but a friend of his, a neighbor of his, came to him once with an article from a local Pinehurst, North Carolina paper saying about the video. And when Tipper Gore did her, her hearings on sex and violence in rock and roll, yes, that video was played, mm. one of them was played in its entirety in the Senate. And that information was in the article. My name was in the article, Twisted Sister. And I think it was probably, we're not going to take it. Mm -hmm. And my dad was very proud of that. Spoke to his (laughs) friends about how his son's (laughs) work was in the Senate record book.
0: Did he agree with Tipper Gore more or D. Snyder as
1: far as the debate goes? He probably thought Tipper Gore was a crazed liberal. My father was uh, one of those people who thought Richard Nixon was railroaded out of office. Mm. I've often wished he'd lived long enough to see Donald Trump so that I Mm. could have at least heard what he had to say about Donald Trump. Interesting. Tipper Gore is an interesting one. We've brought her up on this podcast before
0: because we've talked about how it seems like the left and the right have flip-flopped as far as censorship goes. Where it used yeah. to be the conservative Christians yeah. calling in on Howard Stern and you can't say this and all that, but now it's like the left censoring words and speech to a degree, you know. But uh, yeah. Tipper Gore, she's like that signpost, that OG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, <laughs> you
1: think she's when it, when it started to turn? I don't know if she's or... <laughs> when it she
0: started, but she's at least a canary in the coal mine that you can point to, that this isn't something yeah. that just happened with Trumpism or anything, you know what I mean? Right.
1: Well, so, I mean, the, every, it, in both of those parties and both of those, uh, uh, I mean, the whole country was founded by a bunch of people who... Uh,
2: puritanical.
1: Uh, were, yeah, very puritanical. And, and in just the way Australia was founded by a bunch of crooks. We were founded mm. by a bunch of uh, spiritual crooks. And that's why Australia is so <laughs> much cooler. Like, give me crooks. <laughs> Over that's right. of, yeah, there's honesty amongst three thieves, or yes. honor among thieves. or yeah. are people. Mm-hmm. And but... to, be, uh, to live outside the law, you must be honest. Isn't that a <laughs> yeah. Bob Dylan. Yes, yeah. yes, fuck you. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, I'd rather live amongst folks because these people who are <laughs> peering in your bedroom window right. to see if your wife's going down on you or not. Uh, yeah, there's
0: still laws against that in some places.
1: Yeah, like, there's still, there may be. I, I know in Connecticut there were laws against sodomy, and if you if right. a cop or somebody was peering, looking in your bedroom window and saw your wife going down on you or you going down right. on your wife, even I'm though pretty though sure they're still in
0: the books, and so you know how they have those yeah. laws, like it's yeah, still but to tie off your alligator to, to a fire hydrant, <laughs> in <Right. and laughs> Lansing, Michigan, yeah. or some shit, you know. That's, yeah,
1: yeah, no, those laws are still there. I guess <laughs> it's easier to make a law than it is to <laughs> yeah. unmake a law. True. Or take one down. They just, so they leave them up there. We may need that someday. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> But uh, it, be it, a good... it's an interesting conversation. That it's—I don't think it's flipped, because I don't think the right is any less interesting right, right, right. than they always were. It's just that the more vocal ones,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And I—I I believe, as a uh, card-carrying uh, communist anarchist, yes, uh, that uh, the the left is um, is more interested in hate speech, in sort of. Quieting hate speech than they are in quieting me saying go down on your wife. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Well, you can bleep that out when because you, you're in the we way. don't bleep shit. <laughs> yeah. but we're communists You Don't bleep anarchists.
2: <laughs> We're anarchists. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to so anyway.
1: Cactus Jack for Christ's sake. Come on. <laughs> right? it's get oh crazy. yeah, that's <laughs> right. We gotta bring Cactus Jack up before <laughs> all right. I'm allowed to go some deeper into the room. We considered uh, Cactus B- Jack my favorite movie of all time no i really did i seriously did like cactus jack thank you um, it
0: means a lot You're... for
1: many for lots of reasons uh the fact that you did it on for 75 cents in a bag of chips yes uh and the fact that it took a long time to make it i mean it. it, it how long what it uh uh Michael i mean
0: from say, conception to putting it out in the world like five years probably uh, but uh okay. off and on production we got a few chris and i sold a tv pilot here or there got stuck in development gigs so we would have to take breaks from it but
1: uh right you know all, all told probably four years on and off of production of shoot of actual shooting yeah which is i am always stunned and amazed when people can can do that uh, make a film over a long period of time just when they cobble together enough enough money to get film for the camera although nobody needs film for the camera what did mm-hmm. you shoot it with By the phones way? on a phone on yeah.
0: a phone no kidding. it was shot on a samsung galaxy s7 and an iphone 8 all right
1: no kidding <laughs> and did you edit it on a on a mac
0: yeah final cut pro x um i did the lion's share of the first half of the editing and our manager had brought in an editor we've worked with on a few rip reels and shit and he uh right he helped edit some of it just so we can get it out in a timely manner um Dude, we didn't take any editing credit or anything. We just let like, him have all the credit. But we, the first half of it, at least the black and white stuff, we edited right. for the most part. But,
1: uh, okay. Um, and so, um, you shot it on a phone. So is there any way of knowing what your – rate? because in the old days, when I came up, we always ta- – as a producer, we talked about the ratio of how much we shot to how much film we actually mm. used. Uh, Do you have any idea, shooting over four years, how much, what your ratio might have been? Honestly, I think we used a good portion, man. And this is
0: something that's really ironic, is that Chris and I are screenwriters by trade. You know, we're in the guild and everything. It's how we've made our money in the industry. And we made this without a script. So
1: okay so part David of the reason Jay. being
0: that we didn't want to deal with the waivers and all the bullshit with the wga that even to make your own film you know being okay. a signatory and all that there are waivers and stuff you can get by but we're like what if we just make this thing like i would script those hate screens for gall actually obviously he's a good actor but he's not just gonna rip yeah. that shit off it's off not the
2: from the heart right <laughs> so a lot of that
0: was actually teleprompted and stuff because uh i yeah, would just you... hit him with it he'd show up what are we doing today this we'd start reading it like <laughs> jesus christ because i didn't what even want him to...
2: things are you going to make me say today
0: yeah i wanted to just have that energy verse him right. reading it and then yeah. uh, should we say this is this too much you know it's like let's just dive in um and as we started to construct it we did a lot of pivots like the first day we did raise some money to shoot it four grand through a kickstarter and we had an angel investor guy i know throwing like five cakes right. he thought it was cool but uh, the first day cost us over 800 bucks with camera rentals, full crew, all that. And we got like five minutes of footage. And I'm like, this shit is not tenable. Right. Basically, plus, I just wanted a more intimate experience. Like the whole, the way a movie is shot, I find a lot of people, they go, they're, they're playing at making a movie. You right. know what I mean? So then you right. get all these hangers on, on set and people talking and stepping on your audio. And I was just like, do we need any of this shit?
2: i mean that's how i wanted to do it from the start was because jay and i just shot a short film ourselves and it was just me and him and it was very intimate we were using a canon 7d for that but it was like why like by design the concept of the film was something can we what's something we can make that allows us to be agile Mm -hmm. and you know without all a huge crew and all this lighting and you know we can have control of the location and minimal actors and That was one of the reasons this was conceived versus some other project that would involve all those things. But uh, at some point it did start to snowball into it becoming more like a real production again. And then after a day of that, it was like, yeah, first day we're like, you know what? Fuck that. Let's do this with no crew. Let's
0: pivot and make it a found footage movie so I can just shoot it handheld with phones and shit. So we brought in that documentarian character. He wasn't even part of it at first. Oh, yeah. that, that was something we came up with like at the end of day one like hey let's just do this so we did a, th- a few pivots like that throughout just staying nimble and creative problem solving which is the most fun part of directing you know yeah and uh yeah. eventually that allowed us to be extremely character driven to the point where it's like all right gall shows up today we know what we left the movie off on we shot pretty much chronologically um yeah and what headspace is he in today what kind of mood would he be in today when the documentarian shows up what if him and mom just got in a fight so that's where we're going to start and we would just improvise and i remember uh, chris and i've mentioned this too once or twice on the show but there's that line in Oliver stone's the doors where ray Manzarek goes he had a meeting at mgm or some shit right and he sees jim morrison on the beach and jim's like hey man are you making movies yet i heard you had this meeting and he's like yeah i had a meeting and the guy's like where's your script and i said godard doesn't use a script he just improvises with the camera and the head of mgm said great who the fuck's godard <laughs> Right? <laughs> but it always stuck with me like just improvise with the camera that's cool man and yeah so we just had this really intimate thing where are and we're just like kids playing and making it up and of course it's horrific content because we're making like a horror of rhetoric but uh at the same time, it was just very, very cool to do it so intimately and on the fly and artistically. It felt very freeing and liberating. Yeah. And some people could say the movie doesn't have much direction or it's redundant, but that was all by design as well. It's like we wanted to lock you in a basement with this
2: monster and hold you captive. Yeah. And there just, as an audience member yeah. to
0: highlight how one track these obsessive, hate obsessed minds are mm-hmm. that they, he's consumed with the shit. So if you were to be down there with him, it's all he would talk about, you know? Right.
1: Anyway, exactly. we don't need
0: to talk about Cactus Jack this whole time. But oh, I was
1: going to thank you for coming on my show to talk about your- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh But we no, were but talking it, about a couple of things you said. You go ahead. No, you finish your sentence.
2: Go well, just, just real quick. We were talking about censoring when we dove into right. Cactus Jack, and uh, we did consider coming out with a quote-unquote safe space edition. Oh, Which yeah. would involve either bleeping out or just blanking out the all the, but then we realize it's just going to be n- nothing but a string of just
1: beep 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 beep, beep. Yes. Which and we funny. just decided do it, anyway, been, it was more a
2: joke than anything, you know.
1: Yeah, well, you could do it. You should do it as a joke and as a commentary yeah. on on, right. on language and on films and everything else. But yes. the yeah, whole the whole process that you describe uh, back to Twisted Sister, the uh, title of their album I think is "Stay Hungry." And it's, it's something that you see over and over and over again, especially with Hollywood is that when filmmakers are starting out and they're, they're doing things based on economic reasons, not economic reasons. Like if we do this, we can make a lot of money, but just how can we make this dream, this idea come to fruition. And when all we have is a grocery cart and I want the camera to move. I mean, I think Godard in, uh, I can't remember what it is, but he put the camera in a grocery cart and had somebody pushing right. the gro- grocery cart, mm-hmm. which, uh, what's his name? I can't remember who directed uh, Going Places uh, with Duperdu and that other guy who killed himself. Um, but he they do a whole scene where they're chasing and harassing a woman in a go- grocery cart, one guy pushing a grocery cart, which they're sort of tipping their hat to Godard and that. Mm-hmm. But um, when you have to improvise, when you have to come up with an idea and a solution... And you have to finish this shot because the actor is uh, going in and having his arm amputated the next day. And it, so we just... and then how do we include this guy, this actor with an amputated arm? I'm just spitballing now. Well,
0: how do we shoot around Gaul gaining fifty pounds during the four years we shot the movie? <laughs> right,
2: that's new teeth. He's getting new teeth. Uh, Part of the reason we cast really? him is this no, fucked up grill. And he goes, and
1: gets new teeth before yeah, it's comes over. Like, but, that, but that's that's what that's where the real that's the fun. Yeah, That's where the exactly. creativity is. That, yeah. that mm-hmm. friction of, of how are we going to do this? And we've got to do it now because the gun is at our head. Um, a friend of mine once said, what's the difference between acting in movies and acting on the stage? And I said, I don't know what. And he said, in the, on the stage, you can be shot. And that economic pressure or the, mm. and that, just, <laughs> uh, that creative pressure is, uh, is necessary to do good work. And, unfortunately, once you've done good work, and I was going to give you guys this advice, just say no to every offer now.
0: (laughs) I don't think we're getting money from this,
2: unfortunately. (laughs) That won't be a
1: problem.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, we already had an aggregator. Like, you know, nowadays, the way to get an independent movie on iTunes and Amazon and all that kind of shit is to go through an aggregator because these companies aren't going to make individual deals with all these films. But we already had an aggregator who took a down payment from our manager who's a producer on it, and then started looking at our poster and watched the film and they're like uh we don't feel comfortable taking this to our partners or whatever so <laughs> it's like too hot for tv type shit which is good to us we don't mind being outlaw cinema whatsoever right. but he uh our manager started looking at european aggregators who are eating it up uh, it's obviously oh, it's up, that old up. woody allen thing it's huge in europe or you know um yeah. So hopefully we can do some damage over there, but.
1: Yeah, no, and you may as well, because, uh, yeah, because back to this country being founded by Puritans, I mean, people are scared shitless of stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole dialogue, a whole conversation that can be had about how Joe McCarthy from your home state, aren't
0: you from Wisconsin No, we're both from D.C., but I got mired here, thanks to Chris, years ago. Then he moved on, he's in California now, but.
1: But how the, old, the whole uh, um, the Hueck and the, the Red Scare and everything like that just terrified artists in this country if they weren't terrified before. But you know, the, the group theater, all those people, there was a real movement, a liberal, I guess there's that bad word again, but there was a, a movement of politi- where the arts could be politically involved and could make bold statements and strong statements. And McCarthy scared the shit out of people. And I think it's Mm -hmm. still the business end of it is still scared. So it's up to you guys. Good. Yeah, run with it. Because once it becomes, if it becomes popular in Europe, if you become popular in Europe, then they'll want you over here because they like European stuff because Mm -hmm. it's classy. (laughs) And deep in our hearts in America, we know we ain't classy. Oh, no. But if they like it in Europe, it means Europeans, they like brie cheese, don't they? Brie cheese is classy. It's not Velveeta.
0: <laughs> right. Um, well speaking of so European you, cinema, you be
1: the brie. Part of the Well oh, the other thing I wanted to say about your oh. process oh, yeah, yeah. and and your and your and how your narrative works is back in the early days of, of of pornography becoming acceptable, the laws said that you couldn't do sexual content in a narrative form. So a lot of early porn that showed in theaters in new york on 42nd street back when it was as truman capote yes. said the soft underbelly of new york the was films. uh in the form of a documentary mm. they would they would say well we're we're making an educational film and they could slip it by and get it out mm-hmm. and get it in theaters and get it in front of people the human if they did a documentary Pretty on how to do a blow job Right. right oh yeah okay. technique so 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 turning it you and know turning
0: videos story it worked wow. by the time you became a producer you were you know well-schooled thanks to those films
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um anyway congratulations i hope i'm, I'm glad you're getting um, you seem to be getting a response that you like that you're happy with even though you're not People either love it or hate it, which is right where we want to be. That's we don't right. want yeah. mediocre,
0: yeah. you know, just...
1: Well, that's that tightrope that you've got to walk when you do something like that, where you want to, you don't want to tip it off as satire, as parody too much. You want people right. to wonder, and you want people to be at the end to not know exactly what it is. Did we just see something that people are... that would get people on the steps of the Capitol throwing bricks through the windows? Right. Or did we just see something... That's telling people that um because there's a message in every you know you don't yeah. is it a
0: cautionary oh, tale is it yeah it's know. a
1: cautionary mm-hmm. tale exactly that's those are the words I'm looking for
0: so. yes which so, uh,
1: anyway
0: I mean man again it means a lot to us that we saw that podcast you did with gall that off the rails and movies with Mark podcast where you talked about it and we were just right. like fuck yeah somebody whose opinion we admire or <laughs> care about gets Even it, though you, you know what only, I mean? a lot of people but don't
1: the only reason you admire or care about my opinion is because you probably like the films i've done that doesn't mean you mess wouldn't agree with my opinion no it's okay. honestly exactly.
0: i probably have not seen as much of your stuff as i should have but it's just seeing you talk about films yeah, the, the way you carry yourself you the, yeah your yeah. knowledge yeah, oh, um, right. yeah. which I was getting to part of the conceit of the show. Speaking of European cinema and sensibilities, is to talk about a favorite movie as an icebreaker. We've already broken the ice, but right. Chris and I did watch what you said is one of your favorite movies last night. Um, Children is, of
1: Paradise, I... Les Enfants de Paradis. Yes, Les Enfants de Paradis. Yeah, it's great to say in French. It is yeah. such a beautiful. Yeah, language. so you you watch it for the first time, but you yeah, have, yeah. Have you heard of it. Yeah, I was well aware of it. It was
0: a uh, I've had for years one of those thousand and one movies to see before you die books where like the yeah. binding fell off and I would just every time I took a shit I'd read the same movie entries over and over again. I just kept it in the bathroom. Um right. so it eventually fell apart from being waterlogged from showers and shit like that. But that was always in there and that image of Baptiste always stood out to me in the yeah. Mime, pantomime, right, like, uh, uh, grease uh, paint, uh, and everything. Yeah, Pierre, exactly.
1: I think Pierrot is the character that he's dressed up. It that's the cast. Uh, yes. It, which is straight out of Italian commedia and the French adaptation of commedia dell'arte. And yeah, yeah, it's great. Dude,
0: it, it's an astounding fucking movie. It deserves its place in that mm-hmm. book. If you were to absolutely suck that book down to a hundred movies to see before we die, or mm-hmm. fifty maybe, I'd put it in there. Probably it has it is its
2: place. Yeah,
0: amazing. Yeah. So,
1: so thank would, you for picking it.
2: Yes. Yeah. I was intimidated I
1: by the three out. Go ahead. No, I rewatched it last night. I'd probably seen it maybe a half a dozen times. I first saw it on the big screen at the Thalia in New York, I think back in the old days when there were yes. big screen art houses. Do you and- know what
0: year that was? Because like, Chris and I, that's part of what we like to do here is forensically yeah. dive into why it's your favorite movie, when you first saw it, etc.,
1: Probably 71 or 72. And you had already around. wanted to be an actor, or was it a movie? Was, I was already acting. Right. I was already getting paid to act. I wasn't sure I wanted to be an actor. I just mm-hmm. wanted to have fun, basically. Girls just mm-hmm. want to have fun. I wanted to have fun, too, with girls. With
0: girls, girls <laughs> right.
1: yeah. um, Which is why I got into the theater. But mostly I was just doing, I wasn't doing drugs anymore, but I was just trying to have fun. I was drinking a lot. And living in You're New York and you. working as an actor, yeah. Good morning. Um, and, uh, and I, I just went to see as many things as I could see. And I'd always liked, I'd all, even in high school, when I was trying, when I was wearing khaki pants and polo shirts and trying to be normal, I still was listening to Miles Davis when I came home at night or Mm. Coltrane when I came home at night, or when I would read Hemingway or something like that. So I was always, and I was even actually reading Ayn Rand, a lot of Ayn Rand in high school. (laughs) So I was really edgy. (laughs) <laughs> and conflicted um he was yeah, a soul, I, she I, was a closeted greaser <laughs> sorry good uh but uh yeah i'm glad i'm glad you'd like it and i i um was also surprised once again and stunned by it and moved by it and just about what it what a a creation it is i mean it's so its scope is big and it's and the examination, the 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 dial, the, the conversation about love, what romantic love is, and 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 what the French have the, have led us down this path towards yes. romantic love forever. I mean, Baudelaire, Ar- mm. Artaud, I mean, uh, um, Pepe, Le Pew. Pepe, Pepe <laughs> Le Pew. And you know who? You know who was amazing. Uh, bro. I just read a, a thing about. I was reading about this movie and two things. One, the guy who plays. Um, Oh, the, the rag man, the guy who comes in and is yes. sort of messes J, things uh,
0: up. Jacob? No, no,
1: what the fuck is no, this No, it's, it's, it's an H, It's and it's a god's name. Hercules, not Hercules. Uh... Oh, wait a minute. Not I Hermes have it right here there. in my little book. Um, hold on. You can hold on for a minute. Yeah, right? I got some notes, actually. This so is a book that comes with the oh, disc the that yeah. I bought years yeah. ago. Um Jericho, Jericho, oh, Jericho. It's biblical, uh, yes. yeah. Uh, right? The guy who played Jericho, there are two different ca- actors in Jericho. The guy who's given credit is uh, Pierre Renoir, the older brother of Jean Renoir, one of mm. the great, consistently, consistently great filmmakers of all time. If you, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen Grand Illusion, Rules of the Game. Uh, have you seen those movies? I've seen
0: Grand Illusion years ago um chris and i just said we do a lot of sub series with this podcast one of them being my favorite movie etc we were going to start a criterion quest where we start with spine number one which is grand illusion and watch it and try and do all thousand eleven hundred or whatever eventually before that we die um watch the criterion movies in order as they were released Oh, (laughs) (laughs) should be crazy so we will be watching grand illusion again soon but it's been 20 years probably since i've seen it you know i'll admit
1: i haven't seen it i'm a plebe (laughs) okay well you'll i you'll you'll you should like it because you like if you like film you should like because it is it's a wonderful film i i have always loved it when i play when i did niedermeyer the the script said that after the drag on the horse he had a bandage on his forehead and i wanted to do something more painful and i also wanted to honor uh um Grand Illusion, because it was my. If anybody had asked me in those days, I would what my favorite movie was. I might have said Grand Illusion. I might have said Les Enfants de Paradis. Anyway, that was nineteen seventy-seven. We made that. Anyway, the neck brace came from. um, I'm trying to remember the actor's name, who plays the Colonel. Von Stroheim. uh, Yeah, Von Stroheim, Eric Von Stroheim, right? The the uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard. Yes, he's uh, the butler and and a director in his own right. Yes. Um, isn't he the director that introduced us all to uh, Marlena Dietrich? I think so. Is he Bruce? in *Intolerance*? Did oh.
0: Griffiths *Intolerance*? Was he in that or something? No, he wasn't. Oh, there.
1: I don't know. He might have been. He he goes back and he has his, he's touched a lot of. of yeah, those.
0: he's some nobody talks about him. This is a part of the reason we want to do this Criterion request thing is to talk again. About some of these people who, mm-hmm. if it weren't for the Criterion Collection, would have been forgotten in time. We,
2: right. we call our our uh, sideshow cinephiliacs, and sometimes <laughs> it's kind of apt because you know it is like yeah. uh, you know bring it back a quarter matching <laughs> right? In the Victorian uh, sense.
1: Yeah, no, you. It's true. You've got to because I, uh, I there's a lot of people, your generation and younger generations, who have a hard time watching a black and white movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll admit
2: this, this movie being three hours long, the era it's from and subtitled, I was intimidated, but it swept me away. Once I started watching, it was just like I was in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, once you, that opening shot, that opening sequence down the Boulevard of crime, which is, and it's actually, they, they released it originally as two movies Mm -hmm. because the, the other part that we'll have to talk about at some point in terms of stay hungry and how to make a movie, and how hardship makes you better, is that, uh, which it's easy to forget when you watch the movie, that this movie was made in Paris and in Nice while it was occupied yes. by fucking Darn Nazis. Yeah. Craziness, Wild, dude. Right. And the Nazis didn't let any film be released that was longer than ninety minutes, mm-hmm. so they had yeah, to I make two, two films out of it: yep, up, yep. *Boulevard of Dreams* and *The Man of*. A *Boulevard of Crimes*. And Interesting.
0: The Man so if it weren't for the Nazis, it would just be a three-hour-long picture, probably.
1: It would be a three-hour-long picture. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's got a slight intermission. It should be watched, I think. And when I first saw it on the big screen at the Thalia, it was it was shown as one. I didn't. I don't think I realized until later when I was reading more about it that it was actually a not conceived of. It was conceived as a as a document that we're just going to make until right. we're done making it.
0: Uh, but With it was... the Nazis playing the Harvey Weinstein role, telling Quentin Tarantino he has to make Kill Bill 2 movies. Right, uh,
1: pretty right. much. And, and the lead actress, Arlette Arlete, 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 Arlete yeah. I, don't, I don't know, my French isn't that good, Garants. was, was a, a a Nazi sympathizer. She was one of the really? French, but when they came, sort of said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. she... She was uh, the lover of a of a Nazi colonel, I think, mm. or a Nazi. I uh, mean, you
0: always got to wonder, especially with women, they kind of get the benefit of the doubt. Was that self-preservation or, yeah. you know? Right. And a lot oh, yeah. of them
2: were um, afterward, you know, uh, they, they'd had their heads shaved and stuff as retribution for, yeah. you know, sleeping with and, you know, dating German occupiers and such. That's so crazy this well, took the, place the original
1: The original actor who played Jericho, the reason Pierre Renoir is does it most of it they had to go back and reshoot the actor who played jericho's name i can't remember but it's with a t l t L, T, two, two le togo or something like that um i'll look it up later and tell you but anyway he was while they were still filming the french resistance marked him as a traitor and and uh tried him and sentenced him to death Dude, so, so and then, dude, let's
0: make a movie of the making of this yeah be i fucking know amazing be wild. It's amazing because I mean? be, it would just but, a, have some actor replicate baptiste's <laughs> performances and shit yeah, like, i was wondering within like,
1: the context of nazis around be, dude and this and is was, on my bucket list i think is, they used 1800 extras and many of the extras were members of the french resistance who dude. did it so they could make some money and also so they could have a public face and nobody would take them seriously as resistance fighters because they're actors. They're in a movie. They're those little faggots. I always had so uh, much yeah. great respect Not for Oliver
0: Stone when he made Salvador, how he went down there and he kind yeah. of played the government versus the guerrillas to get his shots of tanks and shit. But that yeah. was that was an opportunistic filmmaker going into a space and capitalizing on something going on. These guys were under occupation. By yeah. the fucking nazis of all people like well wait that's interesting though. say something credit to the nazis that they would allow art like this to be made at all under
1: their well the the, 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 the nice credit thing about movies the is yeah, i was gonna say
0: you heard it from jack credit to the nazis from the maker of cactus jack credit to the nazis <laughs>
1: <Fuck>. uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That, uh, remember, I said we don't edit this. Thanks, uh, adolf yeah. for letting
1: us have this movie. <laughs>
0: well, but, he was a failed yeah. artist, but an appreciator of the arts, at least. Lord knows they
1: stole enough of it. So, I, yeah, exactly. um But the uh uh that that's again, we're back to stay hungry, back to to mm. cactus jack in a way. But that suppression. Yes. There's a there's a big a great theory that I think is probably true in many ways that oppression, that some of the best art, especially the art that kind of walks that edge, mm-hmm. comes under repressive regimes. The stuff that yeah. came out of Czechoslovakia, the poetry and the plays that came out of Czechoslovakia when the communists were perched right over mm-hmm. it, the mm-hmm. Soviets were perched right over it. Uh, it's is fascinating. And, and France, who has a long history of anti-Semitism, and the Jews who lived there just had to learn how to dodge it. I think three of the people involved in the art direction, which is ph- phenomenal. I mean, it does what art direction should do. That when you t- said you that image of uh, Baptiste in his Poirot costume, is sticks in your mind. Uh, the, from the costumes, from from Arlette's costume when she first shows up with that that kind of bustier thing where she and she doesn't have like that costume she's in when you first see her when she's in the bathtub birthday (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah. yes when she's i know
0: favorite of the costumes yeah when she's yeah uh (laughs) well actually it might not be true when
1: she wrapped that blanket around her Mm.
0: that might be the best one
1: for a woman who in my for my personal taste, is not particularly attractive she's just so fucking sexy you yeah don't, i don't want to say
0: anything about her looks but now that i know she's a nazi sympathizer fuck her. yeah she wasn't that hot
2: <laughs> she <laughs> went all that that's one of the she criticisms i've Natalie. seen of the film
0: is people saying i don't buy that this something about mary shit right. goes on with her but i buy well, it man hell and it they did a great cool job, job of casting the bungled and the botched the people in the street mm-hmm. the jerichos where if oh. you look around at all the extras they all look beat to hell compared to her so yeah. if you are in that time
2: and place, she would be this flower. She would be the one them. you pay attention
1: to. Yeah. And it's and the it's other like thing—the heart
2: wants what it wants—kind of speaks to that. Yeah,
1: I don't know if you've ever had a French lover or or loved a, a French person at all, uh, you know, in an intimate way. But there's a we tend to like shots of girls in bathtubs where you can see their boobs, and we tend to like big butts or really nice tight area. But the French. And the French probably like that, too. But that's very much an American uh, thing that's laid over. The French really tend to go more for, look at Simone Signoret, mm-hmm, one of mm-hmm. the great actors. I mean, she's not anybody you'd sort of, um, an American man would run across the street to, to get in front yeah. of, to talk. But what
0: Americans would call a flaw, they would look at it as a feature, like Bridget Bardot's Gap Teeth or something. You know what right. I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that becomes character to them. Right. And that becomes. I never death.
2: noticed her teeth. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know you weren't looking, I wasn't looking. This is all time. Um, but uh, so so, it, so it, and it, it the fact that she's not that hot, like you say, like we call a, a woman mm-hmm. hot. Um, it's being kind of facetious. I being. think it actually adds a layer to the di- to the dialogue to the conversation about love. Mm-hmm. What is love? Mm-hmm. What is desirable? Because yeah, exactly. four men risk dying and killing themselves and risk everything they have because of her, and I, I buy it. Even though, as I you say, mm-hmm. she's not knockdown, dragout, beautiful, but I. Part buy of it,
2: it is that they can't have her. I think too. You know, yeah. when you're denied she it, you, know, you want it more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's kind of aloof. Well, and her idea that love is
0: simple. She says, it's "Yes, like, is it really?" No, this movie is what love is. You know, Charles yeah. Grodin. No, they
2: overcomplicated it. I know? just saw a yeah, clip,
0: Charles Grodin, we unfortunately lost this week.
1: Yeah.
0: He was in this little cameo bit in Louis C.K. series. Louis, did you ever see that bit? I and saw Louis, some. Just, I
1: didn't see uh, Drew Grodin in it.
0: Well, there was a little... I just came across a clip since he died, you know, that somebody had shared that reminded yeah. me of this bit in the show where it's an episode where Louis is... He's like in heartache because he's lost this woman he loves or whatever, and he meets Charles Grodin on the street who plays his customary, you know, uh, gadfly, I guess you could say to a degree where he's saying like, you're hung up on like the good times that you've lost thinking that's love. No, this, what you're in right now, this is love. (laughs) This is the suffering, the misery. And he's like, so embrace it. Like, this is true of the, the, the bad part is when this ends, and you don't care anymore, Mm. and that's very much what I felt this movie was doing, that it was embracing the idea that the love is this, to a degree, torture, um, and the greatest sin would be for Baptiste to stop caring or something, you know what I mean, which she thought he did, and she's kind of crushed at the end, even though she plays it very reserved, because I think she's a woman who's probably starts the movie as having some maybe prostitution in her background and shit even, you know what I mean, she's used her looks to get by, so she's kind of
1: She's a, She's a mistress. She's a mistress. Whoever will pay, and like she goes off with the aristocrat, because exactly. basically, because he can yeah. protect Security. her mm-hmm. and give her a cover. A care but she, of she her. still yeah. remains. She remains her. She remains herself. Always yes. remains always mm-hmm. true to herself and evolves her own notion of what love is. And, is... Uh, but you're right. That's ultimately what love is about. Is yeah. suffering. I mean, Grodin's is. saying is. is not a. That's not it's a great. new original thought for him.
0: Well, and, you know, Louis being very influenced by this kind of shit as well, the yes. French, you know, the stuff that influenced Woody Allen, who he might have been influenced by proxy, oh, you yeah. know, but uh, that we don't get very many American sophisticated takes on love like this. I feel like maybe we do in the independent scene and I'm just not catching those movies because they aren't marketed to me or, you hey, know,
1: yeah, we don't. But, uh, imbra- I mean, it's it's mostly about sex for us. I mean, and it is about sex. It's very too.
0: binary. I love someone or I don't, or if, okay. if I love someone, I'll fight to the death to protect them type shit, you know, right. getting action tent poles and stuff. But uh, and who's, really...
1: Which of the men, the one that suffers the most in terms of what we're talking about is uh, Baptiste.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but he's the one that has everything Natalie, that we think yeah. happily mm-hmm. married yep, with yep, a woman right. who, as if there is unconditional love, The woman whose character's name, I can't Um, remember right now. Natalie, yeah. Natalie, that's right. She loves him unconditionally from the beginning.
0: Which is a kind of possessive and stalkery and covetous. Sometimes that's a turnoff, right? Exactly.
2: (laughs) Uh, If it's too... But that, again, is what love is.
0: Love is about possession to a large degree for many of them. And the Count showed that. So that's cool. Using the four suitors allows you to show the facets of this multifaceted diamond that is love, you know? Yeah.
1: And it's so. I mean, it's so. It always used to sort of give me a laugh that it was. It's when we say "I love you" to someone in this in this culture that we live in, we expect an answer.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. "I I love you" isn't necessarily a statement. It's a question. It's
2: a question. Yeah, most
1: that's of the time. Amazing. And uh, and and it, I think this movie exposes that too in a non cynical way. I mean, it's still they yeah. call it. They call it poetic realism. Marcel Carnet mm-hmm. was very involved in poetic realism, and it is from the language. Uh, it, it's not naturalism, certainly. That it's, it takes place in and about and around the theater, uh, and what could be more unnatural than the theater? <laughs> All right. and, and, yet, uh, and yet we always look to the theater as we look mm-hmm. to cinema to see ourselves, to find out who we are. So we look to this elevated... A st- a stylized and and the, the most popular artist in the film is Baptiste Amine.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never a big fan of pantomime, but watching this, I, I loved what they did with it. Um The oh, stuff yeah. with the rope and everything, and I,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, Dude, it, yeah, it was true so poetry, he, man. It's when he acts mission. out
1: the real, it's real sort of revelation that it's not Marcel Mosso or all those guys in the corner of uh, of. Uh, 59th street and fifth avenue doing the box oh i'm mm-hmm. here it's a box and oh i'm trapped it when he acts out the crime that he sees mm, that
2: was great in the yeah. street
1: uh, it's it's brilliant i mean it's, truly it's, you brilliant. suddenly see what yeah i kind of had to pick my
0: job during that sequence uh, yeah. because and that's something again that he does so long long takes yeah. long mm-hmm. actions long scenes period you yeah. know we'd get extended sequences where you're just watching the play you know, right. Speaking of which, I'm just—we're just going to be throwing random shit at the wall because I don't even know where our buzzer is. But uh, I love what Frederic does in that sequence with the authors. How he takes over this play that he thinks yes. is shit and oh, all yeah. the stick. as <laughs> an actor the fourth
1: wall. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, so have you ever desired as an actor to just
1: <laughs> pull a and, Frederic? Oh, yeah. just... oh, many, many times. <laughs> uh, I did a play off Broadway. And I can't remember the director's name because I really hated him. And this play was good. It was called MacRoon's Guevara. And uh, my response was not to sort of step out in the light and take it over. I just blocked myself. I just went and sat in the corner mm-hmm. and, and watched it and shook my head. And then, and I would say my lines, but i would just... Blah, blah, blah. I'd obeyed the rules, but I. Yeah, well, that's
0: what most people do. So there's a wish yep. fulfillment. It's like a exactly. fantasy scene and a superhero yeah. movie, pulls where mm-hmm. he does that. And at the end, I mean, the way it fucking and, ended. And
2: then he ends up dueling yeah killing uh, the
0: author (laughs) the authors of the true crime or whatever are (laughs) there like literalizing author it was fucking brilliant
2: i I love how when he showed up for the duel too they were like oh he's on time for once (laughs) yes Uh,
0: and then he shows up and the next scene he's been wing shot you know he's in a fucking sling because he caught
1: is that the the duel that he shows up for where he's just totally drunk drunk yes hammered yes he was drinking (laughs) with pierre
2: the criminal the previous night yes uh
1: He yeah, was no, an amazing that... character.
0: Each of these characters all, almost deserve their own fucking podcast. All these
2: guys were based on real people too. And the actual yeah. guy that Pierre was based on was gu- guillotined at like 30 something for his yeah. crimes. Yeah.
1: Which one? The uh oh the criminal uh, the criminal Pierre. The, criminal. Yeah, the guy yeah. with the with the spit curls on his forehead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Prince mustache and shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was kept trying character. to
1: look at to see if that was a fake mustache. Yes. Or if he actually grew it, but a, I think it was fake. But
0: Don Juan DeMarco. He took a yeah, he was, he was he was
1: getting and and the whole movie started. The idea for the movie started when Carnet and ran into Jean Louis Barrault, uh, who plays Baptiste in Nice, because they were both in Nice. I guess because it was a nicer place to be when you're in yeah. a country mm-hmm. that's occupied by fascists. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started talking about the theater, and and Barrault was talking about this mime uh, Darabu, I think his name is, mm-hmm. who. Uh, uh, I can't remember the story he was told about him, but it's a good story. And uh, they decided to make a movie, and then Jacques, Pré- Jacques Prévert came Herbert. in as the writer, as Carnet's... Uh, uh, his guy... Like, if you guys work together, the way the Cohen brothers... One mm-hmm. tends to do more of the FaceTime directing and the other one does mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the writing directing. And, um, and And they came up with that movie because of that, because of these... Yeah, these three actual characters Amazing. but yeah they're such great rich characters and you get to see them grow i mean the Frederic uh character who you see in the beginning uh trying to pick up Arlette, trying to pick up garante yeah at, at first so you're like, you want... don't know he's an actor
0: it's like is he a con man He's right. like he con... oh he's an actor so yeah basically. yeah so he can do that
1: but <laughs> i don't know man. i i want to i wish i was young enough i want to run out and get in a crowd of people as soon as we're allowed <laughs> to be in crowds of people mm-hmm. and uh run in front of a person of a woman that i think it's attractive yes. in, so i can walk towards her and bump into her going dude forward. he had game <laughs> yeah. right
0: dude he had serious game um great line speaking of the crowd too when this film opened because of covid and everything i just got shook yeah. for a second like whoa yeah. just how yeah. tightly packed everyone is on the streets in these cities and,
2: those- and they weren't without their plagues then of course yeah, in exactly. those period so oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah they had They crazy to think about from-
1: yeah, but that those open that opening scene and then the last scene when Garantz goes off in the carriage mm-hmm. and Amazing. he is caught up in this sort Amazing. of humanity. Yeah, just the most force of them of dressed that. as as him because yes. he's so popular. Right. It, Going the wrong way. Into into the,
0: yeah, the mass, yeah. Towering filmmaking, honestly. And it's like
1: Well, it, you know, I thought as I was watching it, and I thought afterwards that for me Filmmaking and being involved in in filmmaking and art begins with this movie. It's like the Book of Genesis. If there is, if if life is a Bible, of, of like mm. the Bible, it's it's like it, creation it seems myth, to me yeah. to be the origin of so much mm. notions of romantic love, ways of making a movie. Uh, it just it's it's yeah. It's, it's the first, leader-
2: well, go ahead. well i was going to say the theater aspect too like i found it interesting that it was outlawed to use speech in the more you know uh, common theaters there right yeah where the, the know, people they, they even were fined if they spoke on stage
0: well this yeah. movie has a massive preoccupation with class which is something we should probably yeah. dig into for sure
1: yeah, yeah. Um, well the whole the whole notion that's that's repeated again and again and again very of the the people the people the workers the gods, the people, the yeah. people who, who
2: made—they were the children the of paradise, right? The, they, the gods, the yes. children
1: of paradise, right? They're in, they're, they sit in the, what they call the gods, yes. Exactly. And at one point, yeah. they're referred to as the gods. This is yes. why we do it. Times, we do it for yeah. them. There's a great uh, mm-hmm. J.D. Salinger in uh, Franny and Zoe. There's a great long speech about so Zoe asks Franny why he acts, and he goes on this long speech about how. He does it for the fat woman in the balcony. Who do you who do you act for? Uh, mm-hmm. Because we're all we all we this whole fourth wall bullshit, uh, where we we're talking about Tactus Jack again. how I mean, you deliberately turn it into a documentary? We break the fourth wall, direct address to the camera. Mm-hmm. This fourth wall bullshit in theater and everything else. No actor goes up to that wall and says okay i don't i know the audience isn't there the audience is always there so you're always performing yes. for the audience mm. um oh, i got lost i got sidetracked what was i well saying?
0: let me sh- throw yeah, in something that might help jog your memory is that it yeah. brings up to me one of the scenes that jumped out to me is the scene where frederick and baptiste are talking about acting and frederick is so ego driven it's all about what he wants to do he wants to Re- mm-hmm. resurrect caesar and have these great men live through him and all this shit right. But for baptiste it purely is about the gods
1: it's about the gods and man
0: yeah. should i even had a quote or two i wrote down but there's some amazing dialogue maybe i should pop it up just to give people a indication yeah. of what we're talking about the level this movie's operating yeah. at. but uh i don't know if that well, helps I, jog your memory at all but yeah
1: no that no that's that's the scene i'm talking about where it, where they're having that conversation here's what Isn't baptiste that... says yeah
0: they understand, though they're poor. I'm like them. I know them. I love them. Their lives are small, but their dreams are grand. I don't only—I don't want only to amuse them. I want to move them, frighten them, make them weep. You know. So he's very,
1: yeah. Watch. No, he's—he's he's the true artist, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 Frederic, as wonderful an entertainer as he is, as great a performer, as bold as he is to take over that play that the authors don't know what they have and don't know where to go with it, and to turn it into a, a, a farce comedy uh, satire yes. on writing itself. Meta. It, he made at, it meta. Yeah. Yeah. It, but that, that takes a different kind of ego, a different shape of ego. They're they're all they're both valid, and they're both necessary, right. and they both it's exist. But and it, they both exist in every great artist, even. Like, mm-hmm. Baptiste
0: has a piece of that in him. Oh yeah. He he's yeah, not he, completely altruistically performing. Right.
1: You know what I mean? No, no, he lives well, but he yes. does I, but I Well think, I mean, even when it feeds a yeah, man's soul. Yeah.
2: You know. Right. He, but why he, even be up on a stage in the first place if you don't have some sort of need for, you know, attention to or, you know, or, or to right. express yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know.
1: yeah. Yeah. And you know the fellow who plays his father uh was his mentor in the in in my in pantomime in mime theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh Oh, in real life he was? Yeah, in real life. His name is, what's his name? I'm going to look up his name because I can. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can that look that buzzer's
2: coming. That sword yeah, of know, is. Well, he's looking <laughs> that up. We no, I'm not trying to pressure you. Sick lines I can't of dialogue.
1: But uh, yeah, find some more dialogue. I'm glad you took notes because I never do. I just sit there with slack jawed, wrapped and looking at it.
0: Well, um, before, hopefully before the buzzer, maybe if you stick around for some overtime, I want to get yeah. into the class politics of theater itself and how elitist it yeah. is price-wise and how exclusive it versus Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, I
1: know, I know. Lassenère
0: yeah. is the criminal guy. And he says right. to Garance at one point, I'd spill torrents of blood to give you rivers of diamonds. It just feels like one of the great lines from a romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this crim- rivers I'd- of diamonds. yes. I'd spill thing, oh, I'd murder so many people to, mm-hmm. give me, but that's how he expresses himself is through. Yeah. You know, it's just made it's so great for his character to differentiate him from these other guys who, you know, yeah, murder isn't their way into everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it also it gives those people who who love to make horror movies, which I I've made a couple, uh, sort of low budget independent horror movies or paranormal. You know, those what they call genre movies. But it sort of gives them license to love blood, and to in yes. some way. I mean, it opens the door for for that kind of love. Because he's a whereas he's a criminal, and he does and he does bad things. But he's also respectable. I mean, there's also there's there's it, humility in him, and he makes mm-hmm. he makes decisions based on like when he goes and kills the count. He yes. assassinates the count in the in the in the Russian bath. Or We're, really like rooting for him
0: to kill the count to
1: a degree. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. had to kill him, right? He's the, he's the coldest uh, of, uh-huh. of all the people. They all—they're passionate. They're all—it's all Shakespearean
0: in that regard. I mean, yes. it's so yes. well constructed that he's the guy who everybody—it's like their potential is fulfilled, even though the movie ends ambiguously to a degree you know it doesn't tie up every loose end no it
1: doesn't mm-hmm. the, yeah we yeah i i when it was over i thought but i, w- I want to know what happened to frederick right what happened to him but that's tomorrow. great that's
0: how life is you know yeah There's so many people have yeah. come across and especially you as an actor i'm sure through all these productions i wonder what happened to that guy but you know
1: yeah
2: yeah you yeah. get lost in the crowd like uh baptiste did in the end eventually yeah no, that's
0: speaking of baptiste yeah, I, I, here's another I'll say that again well, i was gonna say another great line of dialogue but uh I don't know if you had found your quote, or if we just sidetracked you from it with discussion more, but uh, or your name you were looking for, but
1: I can't. Uh, I can't. No worries. Can the, people, can look look cup, this yeah, people can look it up. People can look it up. Yeah, but he, but there's there's a lot of history because that's what the thing I was going to say about Jericho. There's a famous 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 actor who came a little later in French cinema, Jacques Tati. Do you know Jacques Tati? Have you heard Again, of him? I'm
0: familiar with him just through criterion, but have not watched those films yet.
1: He's like a version of, uh, their version of uh, Charlie Chaplin, maybe, although I think he does mm. talk. But he's sort of created a character, and and he came out of the same, he was like a, a student, I believe he was a a student, Barrow was a mentor of his. Barrow uh, has always been, I think probably since even before this movie, oh, it was a great hero of mine. There's a story about him doing I'm talking about what the, the power of the actor and the mind. Mm-hmm. and they talk about that too. He talks about how you know you it's working when you can feel the audience's heart beat with yes. your beat heart and hear them breathe as mm. you breathe. And I remember for myself, back in way, back in college, I did a play by Harold Pinter called "The Birthday Party." And there's a point at it where the character I played, Stanley, can't talk he's so terrified he can't talk and he's oh, oh he's trying to talk and i was making these gagging sounds and there were people every night there were people in the audience who were making those sounds as i was making them yeah. Yeah. gaggers. And, right? yeah. yeah they were trying uh, they, were, they were so connected to what they the could relate yeah it was, first, it was the first. It was first time I realized the the power, the strength, the influence, the whatever you want to call it. I don't like the word power anymore. I prefer influence. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that that you have when you when you're the one that stands on the sage in the light, and the other people are in the dark, out there, the, in the gods or on the. It's
0: kind of shamanistic, man. Like you're leading them on this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're tripping, leading man. them, you're but the but you're also you're listening to them. I mean, a guy like Frederic just leads them and then, yes, yes. then tips his hat as he sails out the door. But a guy like Baptiste feels them breathe and begins to breathe their way and I, the and the acting that I want to hopefully be, uh, well, it, it, it's so vain to want to be remembered for anything, but, but I, I want to do is the acting that listens to what that audience is doing, and so it becomes a dialogue between mm-hmm. the yes. audience and, and uh and myself. Well, i mean otherwise
0: just make movies you know it's kind of like that's i mean which do you have a preference between the two i know they're entirely different beasts as far as production goes but there has to be something exhilarating about the stage where the oh. stakes are so high and the crowd is right there and your heart does beat as one and the yeah. immediate feedback of it and everything and doing it live with these people with no cuts no like, i mean that's yeah, crazy so rollercoaster, way too big a pussy to go there and do that, dude.
2: <laughs> I know once yeah. I felt like the audience was in with me, I, I, that's where I'd be like, I just fall apart. And
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, uh, well, that's just, a, that's a moment because that's a big responsibility when you realize, yeah. I mean, I remember having that feeling afterwards when I was on stage in the birthday party and I realized that the audience was making the same sounds I was making and they weren't, they were doing it involuntarily. Mm-hmm. I realized that's a humongous responsibility that yes. I have.
2: Like tightrope walking too, just in the sense that now we've yeah, right. got all this attention and this is the, that. We growing. grew up in a house that uh, fostered wanting to be
0: unseen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, no way, man.
1: Why, were you beaten?
0: Eh, Not, nah, we don't need to get into all that, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't a horror story, but it was very Great nah. Santini-like. If that makes oh, sense. oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. the best reference. Uh, you so you were beaten. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's right minute, yeah. But for your own good, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. no, of, <laughs> exactly. course. of course. Um, yeah, but that, but that that it is a huge responsibility knowing it and it's uh in in the best sense of it. But that moment that you described of being of falling apart when you know you have that that's when you sort of really have to sort of breathe and and go forward. Mm. Anyway. Well, even
0: like we've talked about this. I was a really good baseball player when I was a kid in yeah. practice. Yeah. I was the man in practice, but when it came to games, holy shit! Yeah. Fold like a chair,
1: dude. I for years and years and years, I much preferred rehearsal and didn't like performance. Mm. I like performance mm-hmm. more now. Do you get anxiety still,
0: though? You know, they say, you
1: know. Yeah, I do. I do. If when I go on stage, I do. If, yeah. But I also know that. I know that anxiety is going to be there. I know I'm going to want to throw up. I know I'm going to have to pee 90 times. I know Mm. all of that. (laughs) So I start my preparation. Do you have a famous,
0: do you have any examples of where it went off the rails and you've totally fucked up a show or anything?
1: Oh, one of my, one of the, my great learning experiences was doing a play called All My Sons in Springfield, Mass with the- (laughs)